Hello everyone and welcome to episode number two of Tilting at Windmills, our new non-in-use name. Uh, and today I'm super happy to uh, invite into Mike's bed and breakfast, uh, Laura Scarsiga. Hello, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's an nice. early morning. I know that you are better in the morning and I finally am not. You're not, are you, you're an, you're an evening person? I Afternoon? Per- yes, I have to, I'm better at night. Really? Oh, yeah, good, good. good, good to know. Um, so we try and, I know we're going to get into some heavy stuff today. Um, today's topic for those of you listening is going to be revolving around uh, Serena Williams and uh, what happened at the U.S. Open this weekend. And more importantly, I think the reaction to what happened this weekend. Uh, so it's going to be a talk about uh, sports and racism and sexism. So super light, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get us in the the mindset for that, uh, we'd like to start to talk about like uh, media and entertainment and culture. So Laura, what have you kind of been watching lately that, that you'd like to recommend to the rest of the folks out there? Well, as you know, uh, I no longer have cable, so we Netflix a lot. Um, but we watched a show on Netflix called The Code. Um, okay. And it's, I guess it's an Australian series. Um, I don't know any of the actors, but they were all real good in it. It's, um, it was intriguing to us, my husband and I, because the main character was a, a older brother and younger brother, grown men that the uh, older brother is a caretaker to the younger brother because he's uh, autistic, but uh, a hacker, like he gets in trouble with the government and stuff like that because he's uh, getting in, you know, he's hacking into computers and finding all these secrets and stuff like that. So um, it was intriguing to us because, you know, we deal with uh, an Asper kid at home and we kind of started watching it as a joke, like, oh, is this what we have to look forward to, you know, because uh, Jaden's such a computer buff anyway. but. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, and then I mentioned before we watched the remake of uh, The Shining. I guess my husband was saying that Stephen King didn't like the original, the cubic version. So he really got on board. Yeah, I guess he didn't like it. It was straight a little bit from his vision. Or Terrifying movie. I saw that movie, I think, in the theater as a kid. And I still I still have trouble with it. Yeah, it's really scary. It's really eerie. Um, this version has uh, the only... A uh, person I can think off the top of my head is Rebecca DeMorna plays the wife, Rebecca DeMorna. Mm. I'm, I'm sure the remake was done uh, years ago. It's just. Um, She's still husband. alive. I think she is. <laughs> but I, huh. I didn't love the casting. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I mean, it's creepy. There's some creepy things in there that weren't in the main that I imagine yeah. uh, had, had uh, that I, I don't remember reading the book myself and I've read quite a few Stephen King books, but I don't think it was one that I read. Okay, so the official the official recommendation from Laura is the code, uh, the code on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not great. It's good. It's interesting. And then and then maybe The Shining. The if you want to see a different, I didn't love the acting. I got to be honest. I didn't love the casting. I don't know. I didn't like that little boy, even though he's adorable. I just didn't. I don't know. Weird. Hmm. Like hey, uh, have you seen The Good Doctor? I did. I did what watch it, it. Yeah, what's your take on that show? It was interesting. I like it. It's I, I like to see the different uh, way that they perceive, 
you know, people that have these, uh, most people that have autism, the, the spectrum is so vast and huge. And it's interesting to see how those uh, um, behaviors and the way people maneuver their lives with it. I always hmm. like the different things that people do to get through it. We are, we're fortunate that our son is very low on the spectrum. Um, so hmm. he, he's, yeah, he accl acclimates well. But, so a bit of a, bit of an underachiever. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, so, he, yeah. F fun, fun fact. Uh, the good doctor is actually a copy of a Korean TV okay. show. Um, which I'm dying to see because I'm really curious to see how uh, Asian cultures uh, also treat uh, Asperger's and other. Um, well, there is spectrum. a really good book that was recommended to me, right? Uh, maybe probably within the uh, first year of Jaden's diagnosis. And it was written by a severely autistic Japanese boy. Uh, hmm. learned, he could, he was nonverbal and he learned to sign which what essentially became a book and he was able to relate how he perceives things. It was, it's, it was a groundbreaking. And of course I can't think of it um, off the top of my head, but it was very I'll, interesting. I'll, yeah. I'll put it in at the end. Okay. Yeah. But good book. Highly recommended for no, even for people without. Yeah. Just well, to yeah, get a better so understanding. You'll, you'll see uh, he, he does passages. Like he just, he, and somebody translates them into here's 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 how I see this. This is what's happening to me. This is how I'm processing what's going on. You know, sensory, sound, uh, you know, light, uh, people, crowds, uh, all of yeah. those are variable in uh, in different very in various uh, uh, areas on the spectrum. So, and he's severely autistic, so it was interesting to me. So, so I gotta be, I've, I've gotta be honest, friend. I've, I've seen you use sign language and it's a fairly limited vocabulary. You're absolutely correct. I, yes. know. but I will say on my uh, behalf or on my defense, I do get my point. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do, you do. So, okay. <laughs> All the lighthearted talk about autism <laughs> is, is now behind us. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, the greatest female tennis player to ever play the game. And for those of you who are not sports fans, sports fans, Serena Williams, everybody, I think I don't, she needs no introduction, but this weekend, uh, at the U S final in, in, or U S open final in the, in the women's final on Saturday, uh, she was in the second set of a, a three set, uh, match and she had lost the first set, I think, uh, six to two, which was bad. And then she was, was it two to four, two to three, uh, in the second set. And she, uh, committed a number of violations, which, um, eventually, uh, accumulated in her receiving, um, a, a mat, not a match, but a game, a game uh, penalty, um, where a game was given to her opponent, who's this completely darling, incredible, amazing uh, woman in her right. own right. Rising star, um, rising star. She's yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and just she the greatest. Loves Serena Williams. It's her idol. She's playing her yeah. idol for first Grand right. Slam title. So it's it's huge. It's big. It's huge. 
So the the problem the problem I think uh, the and the reason that this is a controversy and it's been all over the news, you know, I'm I'm watching MSNBC um, because I'm a bedwetting liberal, uh, you know, and on Sunday morning and they devote a ten minute segment to uh, to the situation and and what happened in a in a nutshell is that you know uh, just before she got her um, game penalty. Uh, she had been penalized for her coach coaching her from the stands, which is completely verboten in in the world of tennis. Uh, and and she railed at the umpire, the judge, uh, the official, the guy who sits in the the little lifeguard chair uh, above the net. Yeah, and she called him a thief. She said she stole a point. Um, but then she also like, and she was berating him for a while. She, she went, went back, sat down under her, her chair where she, well, she said furious. she was yelling at him from there. I mean, she What's was that? furious and, and she was losing. She was she furious. Was full of emotion. And it's the final. US Open. But then, yeah. So, so emotions are crazy high, but then she brings in, you know, I'm, I'm fighting for my daughter. I'm fighting for women. Like this is when she's on the court and she's like, I'm, you know, and I, I don't know, honestly, I, I'm going to have to go read the text or yeah. talking about racism, but everybody's made it into this racist, sexist thing about how she was unfairly punished because, uh, you know, she's a African-American woman, you know, she's a mother, um, you know, she's representing all kind of all, you know, she's become this sort of flag bearer um, for, this this fight and and of course the umpire is a white male right um so i just i know you're into tennis uh at least more than i am um and i know your husband actually is actually a very good tennis player in his own right and you guys do like you go to these things you've been to indian wells and and i should clarify to you mike that uh i the the big tennis buff in the house is my husband and we do have conversations about this stuff all the time because well i do enjoy it like i my husband and i both love baseball you know a lot that's that's sort of the sport that we watch together but because he's into tennis so he still plays he played uh you know, CIF tennis in high school and he still plays, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of things going on in my view, uh, is that the U S open tournament was a little bit of a officiating cluster this past, uh, time around. Um, the chair umpires doled out some of the weirdest, I don't know how to explain it, uh, you know, code violations. And at one point, a chair umpire got off the chair to give a pep talk to one of the male players in the middle of a match. I don't know if you were aware of that. Yeah, it was weird. So, and I I thought to myself, before any of this happened uh, uh, this weekend, it's like, what kind of tournament is the U.S. Open going to give us next year? Because if they're going to do like the real housewives of, you know, umpires, they should start following these freakazoids around and we can hear them, you know, talking shit about everybody and saying the things that they hate about everybody. And it's very, um, a lot of times, you know, their job as the chair umpire is not just to make sure that the calls are made and to make sure that the the, te- the match goes the way it's supposed to go. You know, they, they, they sort of have to temper the crowd. They sort of have to, you know, make sure everybody stays kind of on task and, and it's kind of their job to do that. But at the same time, 
you know, men scream and yell on the mat and the court all the time. Um, and I think the, um, the idea that, uh, she would get a, um, and, and first of all, let's go back to the, I'm, I'm, I'm straying because there's so much going on. It's not just that this is sexism in tennis, right? You know, um, these, these, these weird things that happened with the umpires this week when they, um, gave a code violation to, uh, uh, Elise, uh, Kone for, for fixing her shirt. Um, you know, when the French president of the, the, you know, Roland Garros said, you know, Serena can't wear that cat suit again. She doesn't respect the game. Um, it's just those little things that sort of add up, you know, where you're just like, what, what, are, what are we talking about here? Like what you're talking about the best, you're talking about the reason why people go to see these matches. All right. They're going to see her. She's dynamic. She's, she's amazing. She's, she just, she had a baby last year. She's already at the top of her game again. Right. Like I'm still recovering from my pregnancy 13 years ago. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I get that there are rules and regulations that you have to follow, but everybody coaches from the box. It's the stupidest rule. They very rarely get called for it. This man calls it kind of on the regular. Like he, he sees people doing stuff like this. Sure. It's verboten in the rules, but it's stupid. And everybody thinks Whoa. it is. All of the players think it is. <laughs> And they, they do it all the time. So let's let's go to the, the nitty gritty of this. So so I have I want to take exception to a, a couple of things you said. So obviously there have been like like tennis is just a different sport. It's it's let, sure. let's be honest. It's it's sort of in that golf kind of thing where there's there's decorum decorum sorry unctuous. Um, there's you know, the, the rules are important. Fair play is important. Sportsmanship is important. And when I grew up, I grew up in the, like a little bit after um, the John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors thing. Um, I was more sort of an Agassiz Sampras kind of guy, but those, those guys, I mean, now I think in history and the time with history that, that their image has improved. But at the time, those guys were seen as just assholes. Like, like, like there wasn't anybody, I'm, I'm sure there was a segment of the crowd that was like, oh, they're fiery. Oh, they're this and that. But no, they were, they were considered just sort of assholes. And when they went off on the court, they got, they got booed. They were booed mercilessly. And, and we talk about, you know, this stuff not happening to men, you know, uh, I, I want to say it was uh, McEnroe who, who actually got a full match, uh, uh, violation down in the Australian Open for his abuse. Ultimately, the number of violations, and he he got kicked out of the Australian Open um, for his for his bad behavior. And I think I think the, the the problem is like if you're you're right, and and here's here's where we struggle, right? So there there does seem to be in society this general thing of if a man acts aggressive or outbursty, he's passionate. And if a woman acts outbursty, uh, she's hysterical, right? There isn't there isn't that sort of levelness. But I think I think what gets all the white males like myself kind of triggered is when people start saying you're only doing this because I'm black, or you're only doing this because I'm a woman, and and it's racist and sexist. And I think I think this goes in a much in a much deeper level. 
like when we and I'm trying to, to tie this back to politics, you know, we when when one of the big beefs that I hear from my friends on the right is I can't criticize Obama without anyone calling me a racist. And and even I felt it when, as you know, I was a big Bernie believer and I I was not a fan of Hillary. Like during the primaries, I I I thought Hillary was deeply flawed. And but I got a lot of, oh, you're just saying that because she's a woman. And the problem is we'll never know. Like we never know people's intent. We'll never know if that referee acted differently because she was black or because she was a woman. And but to pull that card, as they say, you know, pulling the race card or pulling the woman card. And and for I think for her to pull it as the I'm sure the top earner in, in women's tennis and in a sport that honestly is far more equitable to women than any other major sport. Um, my understanding is that, that women's um, payouts and prize pools are equivalent to, if not, if not better than the men's pools. Um, and I think tennis has worked hard. To, and I think that reflects the popularity and, and it's the way it should be in tennis. Um, the which, as you said, Serena brings the crowds, but it's really hard for for I think against the white males to understand that. You know, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you, and here's why: it's really hard for women to sit back and see Lo- Les yeah. what Moonves, what's his name, who just got CBS, fired or who just left, who was accused by listen. Listen, let me finish. He just, he had six women accuse him months ago, right? And only now when six more women came forward, did this guy feel the need to step down. And here's the thing. What do we have to do to prove this stuff again and again and again? How many times do women have to come forward and say, look, this happened to me. It doesn't happen to boys all the time. Like, yes, of course, McEnroe. But let's be honest, McEnroe was a dick virtually all the time. This is not a, something that Serena does all the time. No, but she, fact, she has, she has. I think of all the female has, players, she has a bad history. She has, she's very passionate and people talk about it all the time. But you know what? Only because other people do it and they, they don't get the kind of reprimand that she does. They don't get the kind of flack that she does. They don't get that. And I said in just that cartoon today, when I saw that cartoon and the way that she's perceived, right, they're perceiving. I mean, I can't even remember the event that she was at. I want to say it was Wimbledon, but I don't think it was because she's pretty good about that. But she wore like skin colored pants under like a white dress or a, a, a different colored skirt so that as she was playing, it almost looked like she didn't have pants on because it almost matched her leg color. And oh, my God, the, the, the flack she got. For, for daring to show her body the way it was. Like if Anna Kornikova wore skin-colored tights, it would be the best thing since sliced cheese. Everybody would be so thrilled. Like, let's see her butt again or whatever. And it's like, at what point do we have to prove that this stuff is happening? And why is it that it has to happen again and again and again and again before we see it the way that it is? 
Like, why did the guy at the French Open, she had a reason for wearing that cat suit. It was a medical reason. Other people have worn them. It's not that big of a deal. They don't have a dress code. Why, when they said, well, what's the reason? Why can't she wear that thing? Oh, because she has to respect the game. What, how, that's, that, that comment is stupid. That comment is, to me, it's insulting. That guy's an idiot. He doesn't respect the game. I don't think. That's not fair. And why is Elise Cornet getting penalized for fixing her shirt? Like they would never penalize a man for that. She didn't expose herself. She was covered. So, but don't you, and then, don't, so, so what you're like, and, and you're getting it over into the, the sort of the me too side of things. And I think, I think there's a link there, but don't, don't you think that Serena bringing up sexism in a, in a tennis match devalues because it's exhausting friend it's exhausting it's so tiring and and in fact just this morning when i was reading a little bit about this this guy from cbs it's like what more do do you have to do to prove this like what like we literally have to walk around with cameras everywhere we go so that we can catch this stuff and prove it to everybody that it's happening sure she lost her temper she had a meltdown she went hysterical no, she's just pissed and she's tired. She's been, you know, she's been, she's been in the news for, for months now about everything from being the greatest tennis player to, you know, wearing stupid clothes. It's like, at what point, I mean, the chair umpire has a responsibility to temper everything and try and get everything under control. And there are people who tweeted from the match, you know, Shonda Rhimes come to mind, but I can't even use her because she's a woman. She doesn't have she, if, if it was, she was a man, James uh, Blake and uh, Andy Roddick both treated, tweeted in her defense. I've said way worse, way more times and never got a slap on the wrist. Never. It's like all these people coming to her defense, men and women, who are like, this guy baited her back. He stared her down. He waited for her to do another thing. He wanted her to do that thing. It's like, here's the thing. This other her opponent is playing the best match of her career and that whole thing was ruined for her that whole but thing who, who ruined it, so so let me who ruined it for her did serena ruin it for her or did the umpire ruin it for her serena didn't help her at all but that man has a responsibility to temper that stuff she was pissed she was beyond and you know what he doesn't need to give her a coaching violation but he can of course he can and he can give her a penalty for cracking her racket. How many times has somebody called him an asshole? To his face. She didn't. I don't. I, I don't think that was the term that that. No, of course not. That's what I'm talking that threw about. him is off. Be worse than him, and he'll be fine. Oh, I'm sorry, Roger Federer, for calling me a dick. You know, as you walked by the chair to get back in your seat. You know what I mean? Like I, I you know, I'm. It's fine. I know you're frustrated. But he's done it before, and, it and she went like she went on and on and on. And when she only got the penalty when she actually called him a thief. Right. Yeah. So take take a well, game. If she hadn't broken a racket, if her if her coach hadn't coached her. So you're not you're not buying it. Right. You're not you're not having it. 
Not at all. And if it was one of those things where every time a coach coached from the box and everybody got a penalty, it doesn't happen. And it hardly ever so you, happens. So this, in is, the this goes back to the because there's a double all, standard. So here's the thing. No, there's good things. There's a couple of things. Number one, maybe the U.S. Open and the people who put it together are going to look at the tournament and go, "Hey, this is a laughing stock." Maybe we can talk our coach, our chair umpires into, you know, fucking ma- monitoring the match matches and not, you know, getting off the chair and giving everybody a pep talk and and bringing the attention to them as as it, like if it's their, you know, deal. So maybe they're going to do that. Maybe this rule of coaching from the box will go away. And and not for nothing, not because I'm I'm trying to bring I have like I have to bring all of these pieces of evidence forward, but Serena has she's time and time again said in interviews she doesn't like to be coached from the from the stands. She likes the idea that she has to get herself out mentally. You could see in her tirade in her her when she was upset she wasn't coming out of that. She was she was she was playing poorly. She had a bad match and she was just done. She was furious. She she'd had it. And she wasn't going to come back from that, not with coaching, not with anything. But like in regular tournaments, when the coaches can come down in the middle of, you know, when there's a break, she hardly ever has it happen. She hardly ever does it. She doesn't like the interview. But let's let's take let's take the, the let's take the let's let's get away from the tennis aspect and the 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 intricacies of of tennis and the rules of tennis, and just talk about this the judgment call. That I because and neither of us obviously can can speak to the black experience, and I I cannot imagine. I mean, the chip on she has a chip on her shoulder, and and I cannot imagine as being a a, a black female in trying to come up in tennis at a time when that was just not okay. I that that chip is not of her making. You know what I mean? Like I I get it, but. I think it's it's hard for me as a as this guy who doesn't understand either the female perspective or or the black perspective that how do I know that the line has been crossed and how do we know that that this is if she was a white male that those same actions would would have gone undone like how do it's i think it's easy and i think i think because it has been played in the past and and I'm, maybe maybe that that card whether it's a woman card or the race card maybe it's only played inaccurately or it's taken advantage of one time out of 100 but that one time causes a seed of doubt for the rest of the times and i think it's it's doubly hard for me to get behind this concept of Serena Williams, who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, to, to, and who's at the very top of her sport to, to rail on about the injustices um, that, that she faces. And I think it diminishes the, the real injustices that, that women and minorities face. It's a bit, I don't, I don't know. It, it, again this goes back to i don't know what to do to make men who don't understand this who don't live it who don't experience it um on a regular basis i don't know how to make you understand that 
this behavior, this, 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 the difference. You're the officiating at the tournament this year was on, it was in question throughout the tournament and people made comments about it on Twitter, you know, professional people, uh, you know, um, former players weighed in, uh, the commentary people have weighed in, like Chris Everett has a story, Billie Jean King has a story. It's not like this is new and it's not like this doesn't happen in every kind of business, but we're seeing it at CBS right now. How, what more do we have to do to say that this stuff is a consistent? Sure. You can look at, he called her these violations one right after the other. It's, it's kind of crazy how, how it happened, how you're like, not again. Are you kidding? You're kidding. He's going to, he's going to do this again. And it's not, I was more, uh, more overwhelmed and sad for, uh, Osaka, Osaka, but I was, I was more thinking on her, um, side how she's just happy to having this fabulous match and she's going to win her first grand slam and and i feel like the responsibility for how she was treated after is that guy's fault and maybe again this is my perspective and i can't prove to you because i don't know how to make it any more clear that this stuff doesn't just doesn't happen as much Sure. Once in a while, when you go way up, like John McEnroe, yeah, he lost a he lost a match because he was an asshole every time. You know the uh, what's that other guy's name from that used to do it uh, to you back in those days? Uh, uh, Connors. Yeah. Uh, Connors used to do it. You know, Agassi had his moment. Sampras, but what's that? Not Natasi or I can't but, think. But I want to I want to bring this back to the bigger, just the bigger non tennis issue about. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm but here's the thing like I can't prove it to you in this instance because you're like her behavior was out of control and she's wrong and I don't understand why she's pulling the woman card when she's wrong that's right. because she's pulling the woman card because it happens to her time and time again and you just reach a point where you can't anymore you can't like how many more women needed to be sexually assaulted at CBS before that man actually left his post Right. Like how many more women had to come forward to accuse President Trump before now? Look at where yeah, he paid off a porn star. He did have an affair while his wife was nursing their son at five months old. It's like, how much more do we have to talk about this stuff before people accept that these things are happening? But you're you're what you're asking for. And I'm not saying it's a it's an unreasonable ask, but you're asking for for me and we'll just I'll, I'll bear the brunt of all no, straight no, white males out there. But yes. you're what you're saying to me is don't don't judge her um, actions in that moment. You have to view it in the entirety of what she's gone through. I'm, I'm saying that that moment is a result of what she's gone through. I'm saying that that moment happens in that moment of frustration. It happens because of what she's gone through as a woman in a professional sport, as a lady that's, you know, the target of a lot of back and forth, you know, in the public eye or whatever. And I'm not, you look at, I'm not, she can handle herself. This is, this is Serena. She can handle herself. She knows what she's doing. Uh, and she's decided to take this position of being, you know, the working mom, like, look at me, I can do this. And so can you. 
And it's great. It's great for women everywhere who have to work and, and support their kids and, and do whatever. Um, but I think my, my view of it is as a woman who can totally understand what she's going through is that she is, it's, it's sort of uh, manifested itself into this again, here we go again, here we go again. You know what I mean? Like, let me just, and it's frustration. You could tell when she's sitting there, if she starts barking things about having a daughter and I don't cheat and I, I'd rather lose, I don't want to cheat. It's like, she's just at a point where she, like, none of it even makes sense. Like this guy's calling a code violation. Like you can't do this. You're cheating. Where she's just supposed to let that go and move on with her thing. And that's how everybody's supposed to be in tennis so, when you play the role. So are you saying, like, again, to bring it away from tennis, again, to bring it away from tennis, to hit the ball way over the net. Okay, let's not talk about Serena anymore. <laughs> well, we can, we can talk about Serena. But, again, when, when I see that situation, are you saying that in general, I think, I think there's um, – Whenever someone says that this behavior, when whenever someone's in a bad position or or is put out or whatever it is, and and there's a statement that this is because I'm X, I'm I'm black, I'm female, I'm a person of color, I'm a you know transgender, what, whatever that X is, you're you're suggesting that the, the the tie should go to the runner that the inherent um, positioning should be from a perspective of let's, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, I think that if we're going to move completely away from it and this, this sort of leads into that whole me too movement too, where, um, where the victims are always sort of questioned when they come forward with stuff like this. They're, they're saying that this stuff is happening. Something's happening to me or something's happening to this group of you know people. And we all just happen to be women or we all just happen to be people of color. Um, that there's, there's doubt immediately. And I think it probably comes from a relatively decent place, right? Because you're like, I would never do that. I'm not that. That's not who I, I don't see it that way. That's not how I see it. Like, I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't see it that way. And it's not until, you know, 10 women come forward and say, this happened in the workplace and we have proof. Now here's all the details about it before people go, oh, okay, this guy has to step down. This guy has to, you, you know, I can't make you understand how easy it is for a man to go into his boss's office and just lay into his boss and say, this is right. I have never like, done that. Yeah. Yeah. And then have a woman do the same thing and have the boss go, you need to calm down. You're hysterical. Why are you complaining about this stuff? You should be, you have a job, just calm your pits. Like what's going on with you? There's, I can't, I, and I can't make you understand it. Like when you go in and you complain to your boss and say, this is ridiculous. And your boss maybe has an argument with you about it, but still respects you when you leave. Whereas when, if I go in and I complain about the same thing, I'm hysterical. It's, it's, I can't, I don't know how to make it make sense to you. I don't, I don't think, I think, I think there's, and I'm not, I'm not anywhere near woke. I'm drowsy on this subject, but like, I, I understand that. And I understand that you have to face that. And I under, I understand that that's a real hurdle to get around. What I have an issue with 
is when the women come out of that meeting or that thing and say, he's not listening to me because I'm a woman. Because he's not listening to me because I'm a woman. Right. That's the truth. That's, that's what, like, you can't wrap your head around. You almost said that's the truth though. But I feel like when I'm, I shouldn't say I feel like, I hate when people say that. I feel like I'm telling you that you can go in and complain about something and still have that respect when you leave. When I can, just because you're not that kind of leader or you're not that person in a position to just denounce uh, somebody's perspective based on their gender. It's hard for you to understand because you don't have that perspective. No, no. And I'm not, so I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I know, I'm, I know it happens. And I, I've saw at, at a company where you and I both work to, together, I saw that happening a lot. So let, let's just take a hypothetical. So a woman goes into her boss's office to, to pitch an idea that she feels passionately about. She, she pitches it and the boss is like, okay, here and here this sort of don't don't get your panties in a wad right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't you sorry it's so bad don't you worry your pretty little head about it like <laughs> bless your heart uh, bless your heart so, so the the woman argues her position and the boss shoots her down and she's pissed She's she's passionate about this. She believed in what she was arguing for. Her boss's decision makes no sense to her. Absolutely no sense. And she walks out and and when she she sits down for lunch with a friend, she she says to her friend, "The only the only reason I got shut down was because I'm a woman." And that's when my alarm goes off. Maybe your idea was just shit. Like maybe that Yeah, that could be. Maybe that's it. But I'm 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 coming from a place where that same boss is a is way more receptive to a male coworker's ideas, even if they're shit. Like that he's not gonna say to his male coworker, you know, don't get your pretty little head in a fluster, you know, don't don't get your panties in a wad over this. He's not going to be like that with his male coworker and his male coworker would never even stand for something like that in, in the majority of the time. Um, so I think that, that it's sure you can go in with a shitty idea and have your boss just shut you down and say, you know, whatever he says to you. Uh, but we're, I'm saying as from a woman's perspective, when it comes across with this demeaning, even if it's just a way that they, they act towards you, uh, there, you can feel this, you know what? It wouldn't happen to me if I was a man, if I was, you know, six, one and I had a dick, you wouldn't speak to me like this. Never, never. So, um, I just feel like it's, it's hard to get that across. It's hard to, to put that across to people, especially when you're not like that and you don't perceive it, you know, but you know, you know, and I know that there are women out there who yes i know that there are women out there yes i know that of course i know that there are women out there and they're 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 what are they they're money grabbers or no 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 no, that's not where i'm going there are women out there 
who don't who don't who don't want to admit that they have a shitty idea. And there are men out there who don't want to admit that there's sexism everywhere and that there's a reason why we're losing our shit right now. Right. You know what I mean? There's there's it's it's not an ease not what it's like racism where everybody's perception of it is is different. Like you have you have people who are just blatant racist, right? Like that's just, they, they think for whatever reason, it doesn't matter how many years and how many scientific studies it shows to say that when you, when you look underneath people's skin, we're all the same. They still think for whatever reason that their skin color is better than everybody else's or whatever, or their religion is better than everybody else's. It's like, you can't change that perception. You don't, there's what, what's your reason why? Where is that reasoning coming from? So if you're a sane and normal and, and you know logical individual, you just go, well, that guy's kookaburro. Like he's a kookadoodle guy. What what what? You know that doesn't make any sense. You can't you can't reason with that. So there's always going to be that 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 thing that that aspect where you just you just don't you you can't you can't understand that perspective. Everybody's everybody's perspective is is different. Their views are different. But it's but it's it's not that it's not that it's not blatant it's not that we haven't seen it again and again and again in every aspect in every you know different profession and every different and i think it's just we're at the point now where the only way we're going to be understood about it is if we bitch about it and complain about it and then other women come forward and do it and then we just keep going and keep attacking and keep and and i get it i get what you're trying to say you know what? Not everything is because you're a woman. Sometimes you're just an ass or, and you know, it goes both ways. But in, in most instances, when people play that card, I don't think they're always so far off base. I think there's genuine, there's a genuine reason for it. it it's because this perception is Oh, she's emotional. Like, look at her. She just can't handle this rejection. This idea is terrible. What's wrong with her? Don't get upset. Don't get, why don't you take a moment and why don't you, maybe we're emotional, but if I was, like I said, if I was a man, I would not get these responses and that's just simply how it is. So, so let's wrap this up on a positive note. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I don't think we've anything. I don't think I, we've anything. Yeah, but this is, this is where we're going to pivot. I would like to think that I'm a little bit more I don't I don't know if my actions are fully consistent with my thoughts on the matter but I would like to think that I'm a little bit more um sensitive to the situation than than some other people are and I guess that's not saying a whole lot but for guys like me for guys like me that are that think the Me Too movement is a good thing, and or that think that that there should be equality, that we believe that we can be different but still be equal, um, but have these sort of worries or or this this lack of ability to easily perceive whether or not someone's coming from a place of truly being wronged um, or just using it as a as a excuse mechanism so what what do guys like me do what what 
what's the one thing that you would want us to either think about or work on or whatever to to try and get a better understanding of this issue? Because I think there's a genuine desire to be fair and to understand and, and to kind of, you know, see things a little bit more clearly, but um, it, it doesn't just happen. So what what's your recommendation to me? And you can just say me. Oh, no. no, for, I mean, for you, um, the, there is a, this is for anybody who actually really cares about any given, you know, whatever topic or whatever. But if you're, if you're, interested in another person's perspective it's it's important to want to try and understand it and not just be the mouthpiece saying i don't i don't get it i just don't understand that like that doesn't make any sense to me she broke the rules or she that was a terrible idea it's just a terrible idea like i don't get it there's a there's a you have to want to look and understand another person's perspective and that's not easy it's not because you have your belief and you have your, you see yourself and in, in the way that you behave is ingrained in you and you don't feel like you're wrong. It's like what's happening in politics in terms of like, uh, you know, my side wants this and my side wants that. A true leadership, what we're, what we're not seeing in Congress right now in, is as part, as part of true leadership of true leadership is the desire to get to the bottom of why we're so divided like what why can't we get to a table and discuss why we're so divided because sometimes not compromise is not the answer sometimes it's going all the way back to the drawing board and putting it all down and saying where are we going wrong where is it that we need to what do we need to change what do we need to go after maybe the answer is completely different than what either side wants maybe there's a third alternative because that's that's not happening and that's and it's a perfect um um maybe it's not uh, clear but it's if you don't have the desire to get to the bottom of why these things are happening your 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 concern is hey you know what do i do to not get in trouble like i do i just not criticize do i just not you know for as a woman in a business i want to know when i'm not doing something right like, I, I want to understand that. I just don't want to be patronized for it. I just don't want it to be because, you know, I have boobs and an emotional, uh, you know, a scale of emotion that cries when I'm too happy and cries when I'm too sad. You know what I mean? I don't want that to be the reason why you don't want to approach me or you don't want to criticize me. You don't want to get in, in yeah. trouble. It's like we're all adults here. It's like, you know what? I don't know. I, I'm afraid to... Uh, approach a woman in a bar. I'm afraid she's going to think that I'm trying to assault her. You know what? Don't be afraid. Just don't assault, assault her. You know, don't just don't do that. It's, it's, it's so it's, we need to go back to the drawing board. We need to decide, you know, do we really value one another as people and what their opinions are and how they're being perceived? Uh, do we, are we, do, do we really want to get into understanding why they feel this way? Because if we don't, it doesn't matter. You're never going to change that thought process. You're always going to be like, she's just playing the race card. She's just playing the woman card. You know what? Oh, he's a Republican. That's why he's like this. This is, yeah, he's never going to change his mind. It's, so, it's like you need to have a desire to want to understand that stuff. You need to have, to, have, put, you have to put that away. 
okay. to hashtag it, it it comes down to make an effort. Just make the effort. Yeah, understand that it's out there. You gotta you have to I think that at this point we are so exhausted by it. And now every little thing is gonna come out. We have to. We can't not. We're at a point now where we can't. If we turn our back on it now, we're gonna go all the way back. The Me Too movement movement has been since the 70s. It always cycles itself. It comes back again and again and again. It's still here. Do we have a desire to really get to the bottom of what these issues are? Do we have a desire to understand each other and and see why we have these different perspectives? So so I'm just gonna a little just so this is I was about to make a joke there. I was about to make a joke of okay, when does the burn the bra movement come back? <laughs> but like I can't even then I was like, can I say that? Can I not say that? Is it you know, do you know what That's I mean? <laughs> so you're right. You're right. Because it's so, you know, and this is completely off topic. The um, A few weeks ago, we were at my aunt's house and my uncle always gives my husband a hard time because he's Mexican. They always talk to him like, you know, you're, who's doing the gardening? Hey, why, you know, there's a mess in the garden. You know, what do you do? Why are you in the couch or whatever? And my husband takes it with a grain of salt, like everybody teases him or whatever. And I'm sitting at the table when it happened. And it reminded me of the time when I was engaged, when we first got engaged many years ago at work. And this woman said to me, um, I don't understand why you can't find somebody in your own race. You're a pretty girl. And I thought, I was so stunned by her comment. And to my knowledge, she still has all of her teeth because I'm not the type of person to sit down with that kind of comment at all. But I was so shocked that that was her perception. But she doesn't know my husband. She doesn't know anything about him. And what a great person he is. Like his skin is brown. And what really shocked me was, you know, she's Sicilian. Her family is from Sicily. And she said that. And it's just this weird, blatant, like what, saying what comes out of your mouth and not understanding like what somebody else's perspective is. Here's me. I'm engaged to somebody that I love and I can't wait to be with and have a family with. And that's your comment. That's crazy to me. And you know what? It happens all the time. Everybody's flip. Everybody says what they say. And we're comfortable with each other. I wouldn't be offended by a comment like that from you because I know who you are. But that kind of comment mm. could send somebody off the rails. It's like, God damn it. Why are we still talking about it like that? Why can't we move on from it? So it's just the frustration is out of control. We have to have a desire to want to understand everybody else's perspective on the matter. It's so huge and so deep. And it's been so long. Um, it's like racism too. It's the same thing. Make an effort. Make an people. Effort. Make an effort. Try to understand. So everybody's perspective is different, and nobody's going to be the same. Well, this has been um, super cheery, Laura. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> next time we talk, we'll talk about the Trail of Tears, the Armenian Genocide, and the Holocaust. That's great, because I have yeah. so many opinions on all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really quick, did you listen to the last week's podcast with uh, the question about McCain and uh, his response to the woman asking about Obama being an Arab? Can I? Did you did you catch that? Did you see that? I did. Interchange. Yes. So just so that we can confirm that I was indeed right, continuing my my streak since I was five. Mm -hmm. 
where do you come down on that? Well, Very briefly, because we only have a minute. I left. have to, uh, I, I side a little bit with uh, Megna, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, I don't think that John McCain uh, stood for my best interests either as a, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a, it's kind of hard. Our perspective, again, it goes back to how we see it because he could have made that statement. And you know what? I didn't think about it from that perspective, the way she did. She brought up a very good point about how he could have tempered a lot of, of uh, ignorance there. Um, because like you, I was like, oh, I'm glad that he shut her down. I'm glad that he shut that woman down and didn't say, no, he's a decent human being, but he could have taken that step further. What's wrong with doing that? Like, it's a good lesson. I think it's fantastic, that perspective. And she sees it as a disservice. And I, I kind of agree. Yeah, weird. You're both wrong. Okay. <laughs> but Laura, and you know why you're both? Because you're both women. You know what, you're not wrong because it's a <laughs> it's an invalid point. It was wonderful speaking with you today. <laughs> Go Dyers. Go Dyers. Dodgers all the way. All right, Laura, thanks very much for joining us and uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. So we're going to transition now to the foodie segment, um, dealing with meat, of course. But again, I think I think at that there was a real key moment there about just the, the whole concept of make an effort. So whether you wanted to say hashtag make an effort, whatever, whatever, but you got to make an effort if you, if, if you're in the mode where you encounter an obstacle, whether it's discussing something with someone or understanding or trying to understand someone else's point of view and you just stop, we're all doomed. You, you've got to make an effort and it's not easy. Just like Laura said, it's, it's not, it, it requires energy. It requires emotional energy, but make an effort, do what you got to do. So with that, uh, taskmaster instruction uh, done. I am now going to say hello to Foodie Shauna. Hello, Shauna. Hello. Has anybody? Are you Foodie? You're. Can I call you Foodie Shauna? Sure. Why not? FS. Okay. I'm. I'm making an effort. <sighs> See, you, you, they're already the haters. Already <laughs> the haters. I'm just trolling you, babe. <laughs> Was that a sexist? Did you just refer to me in a demeaning, sexist manner? Absolutely. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So, Shauna, um, the Filipino place. I went. I tried to order balut. They did not have any. I went on. Um, I also asked the guy what unctuous meant, and he threatened to call the police on me. So, there's, there's some lost in translation stuff going on there. So, let's maybe send me off into a different direction. I'm, I'm here in uh, Orange County and LA and I've got a credit card and where, where do I go? Well, I was racking my brain, making an effort, trying to find some place that I think you might enjoy. And there's so many. Yes, absolutely. Like, what, and so I enjoy? there's a great restaurant. Um, in uh, Costa Mesa near South Coast Plaza called Vaca. It's a Spanish restaurant, um, Spanish not as in 
you know, so much of the Latin American, Mexican kind of food we have in Southern California, but Spanish as in Spain. Um, they specialize in tapas and small bites so that you can, you know, order a whole bunch of different things, share and try a whole bunch of different bites of different flavors, which is share. always so much fun. Share. And they have lots of meat. So they dry age their own meat. They have a beautiful case with these big slabs of beef that you can order. Um, I thought that would be right up your alley. So it's you're saying it's not for the vegans? No, but Spanish food is a, in general is not a particularly good choice for a vegan to go to. And is anybody going to yell things at me or throw fake blood on me as I come in or out of this restaurant? Only if you ask them to. Do I have to pay extra for that? You could pay me to do that. That might be fun. <laughs> so vodka, uh, which means cow, uh, maybe they should have gone with um, El Vaca Loco. And then you could have had your choice between a chicken dish or a cow dish. Um, <laughs> they have lots of seafood and chicken as well. They also have paella. It's really fabulous and wine and really great cocktails. So it's a great little spot. Um, one of my current favorites. Oh, nice. And do you know the web address or, and it's, it's where is it in, in relation to South Coast Plaza? It's within a block of South Coast Plaza. Um, it's sort of between South Coast Plaza and the, uh, Seekerstrom, um, Performing Arts Center. So it's a great place to go if you're going to the theater. Uh, it's in walking distance to the theater and you can park there and go for a nice night out. So here's my key question, which you may or may not. Where, well, I have two key questions, one sort of a follow up. Where would you rank it vis-a-vis -vis Del Taco? Um, I am not the right person to ask that question because hmm. I don't actually remember hmm. the last time I went to a Del Taco. Hmm. Rather uneducated. Maybe you shouldn't be the right person for this. this <laughs> if you want reviews on Del Taco, I am definitely not the right person. I don't need reviews. It's like asking a Muslim to review Mecca. It, it, there's no need. Um, and then question number two, do they have steak and egg burritos? Because that's no, kind of my thing. Definitely not. They have lots of steak. But like, hi, can a brother get an egg just in, like, and mix them? Not in a burrito be? form. <sighs> I don't think burritos are a thing in Spain, actually. Hmm. Yet another underwhelming recommendation on Mike's mashing meat. Maybe next week we'll get something better from you. Absolutely. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll put some effort into it. Make an effort. Hashtag. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. No problem. And that, my friends, is it for our second episode. Holy Kamoli, we have doubled our episode count. And I uh, hope everyone has a great week. And I look forward to our next guest who will be coming to us from... Merry old England. Exciting. <laughs>